everyone, and welcome back to the Cross Border Interview Podcast. My name is Christopher Brown, and I will be your host. Just a little bit of an upfront information. My voice is a little bit hoarse right now as I record the introduction, but during the interview, I'm good. So I've been just doing a lot of interviews over the last few weeks, and my voice is going on me. But I want to keep bringing you great interviews and great shows, so I am pushing through it and making sure we have new episodes each week for the next few months. In 2019, as I've said in the past, I started this podcast to achieve one goal, get people to start talking again. With no notes, no questions, I sit down with subjects to learn about them from them. And today's guest is no exception to that. Sarah Elder Chaminara burst onto the fashion and political scene in October 2019 with her Madam Premier fashion line. A former political staffer in British Columbia, Sarah and I talk about her journey to Calgary and how the idea for Madam Premier came about. We also talk about women in politics and how her fashion line is being noticed by politicians from across the political spectrum and around the world. So with that in mind, here is Cross Border Interviews featuring Sarah Elder Geminara. Sarah, thank you very much for doing this. Thanks for having me. Hey, it's greatly appreciated, and thanks for doing it on such short notice, yeah. too. Um, the reason I do this podcast is to get to know people behind the public persona. Uh, you're, uh, you were thrust upon the national stage because you see people with your clothing line across the country, different provinces, is Madam Premier. So, usually my very first question is, where does your sense of duty come from? But where did this come from for you? Um, So it actually started, I mean, I've always been political for, well, a really long time. Um, So my background before I moved to Alberta was in politics. Um, But the idea specifically for Madam Premier, the first kind of step in that journey was um, I was sitting on a nonprofit board and uh, I was, we needed fundraising is always an issue that's not common or exclusive to any one organization. Um, so I had, I did the design a woman's places in council chambers, the legislature, the House of Commons, and the Senate. And I pitched that as a fundraising initiative. Wow. And So what year was this? That was in 2018. Okay. Yeah. And it got turned down. Oh. Yeah. And then not long after, I actually left the board. And Marcy, who was my um, business partner at the time, um, was on the board with me as well. And uh, we reconnected a f- few months later. And she said, do you still want to do that, but as a business? And so I said, sure. Oh, wow. Yeah. So you're sort of taking an idea that you got from your nonprofit days and saying, you know what, this is a great idea. We need to do it. Yeah. And I mean, to Marcy's credit, I wouldn't have had the courage to do that on my own. So it was something that um, together at the time was was what I needed to get going. 
So were you always political? You say that you were in politics in yeah. uh, BC, but when did your first instinct of politics come into play? Um, I so I, I my I totally credit it with my grade five teacher. Okay. Her name was Marianne Woods. If she's listening, <laughs> I've tried to find her. Actually, like I've tried contacting her through the school districts that wow. I attended. Okay. Um, because I have very fond memories of like being in the classroom, and at the time. Um, there was a federal election and John Critchen's government um, was elected. So I remember having my own copy of the Red Book, the platform. Wow, 93. And she got us to memorize the, f- the federal cabinet. So, like, I will, you know, the names like Sheila Copps, John Manley, like, will be forever imprinted in my mind because of her. And then also, um, when I was in elementary school, they we'd had this part of curriculum. I don't know. I don't think it was formal in any way, but we watched um, segments of CBC News. So I can remember at a really early age being like the most awkward child probably and bringing up politics in a room full of adults. And I don't know, it was just and arguing a lot. <laughs> Future politician right there. Right? Arguing about politics. Bringing up hot topics that, you know, are generally considered taboo and, you know, not being afraid to talk to adults as a child are good signs that you may have a future in politics. Were your parents political? Not at all. Really? No, my dad was in the RCMP and my mom um, worked at a grocery store. So you got that political itch then from that teacher? Oh, 100%, which is why I've tried tracking her down, but she's actually since remarried, so she has a different uh, okay. name and they just couldn't connect me with her, but so yeah. you leave grade five like everyone yes. does. <laughs> when does the... I just stopped in grade five. I was like, like, I'm done. done. (laughs) I know everything. Got my red book. I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. When did you pick it back up? Because, yeah, like, or was it grade five to now? You've just always been interested in politics. It's been an itch. And you said in grade five, it started me on the path to politics. Well, I don't think that, I mean, just being exposed didn't, it's not like I was like, oh, I could be a politician. I never, it wasn't like, I still wasn't being exposed to those people. Um, or like outside of, you know, the classroom. I didn't have any kind of like interaction with that world. And especially so you never helped you on campaigns when growing up? And- uh, it wasn't until I was like um, out of high school. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I was just, I was just, I was just like into the news and into like global politics and um, I traveled. Um, I did a youth exchange when I was, I left Canada when I was 15. I lived for in Germany for a year. Oh, wow. Um, so that was, I think, also kind of eye-opening for me and that, you know, I was surrounded by, um, you know, a lot of other kids in the program from other countries as well as um, the, it was a Rotary Youth Exchange. So I lived with three different German families over a period of a year, attending German school and learning German. Where in Germany? In the Northwest, near the Dutch border, like oh, an wow. hour away. Wow. Yeah. So, Just that experience probably was life-changing. Yeah. Well, even well, I mean, when you're 15 and you leave home for a year, um, and I've been back three times, and I've visited one of my host families every time. Oh, so wow. So we still stay in touch. That's awesome. Yeah. So get out of high school, you start your first, you, you get introduced to your first campaign. Do you remember that first campaign that you um, were volunteering on? So I remember, um, so the first, the first, like my first t- touch with politics was, so um, at college there was like a table set up during like the f- first days of orientation. Yeah, orientation. Yeah. 
And um, these two federal liberal guys who were sitting at the table were like, oh, hello. And anyways, I was like, okay. So I tried. But um, being from the Fraser Valley of BC, it's a very conservative area. So being a liberal is... Uh, federal liberal is not say, the easiest a, thing to do. Being BC is kind of a weird name. Well, unless you're a BC liberal. Provincially. <laughs> provincially, but even then, the people get confused all the time. Um, but yeah, so that was like my first campaign kind of ex- event, but I think... Um, I think in that election, the candidate, the Liberal, finished third, I think, behind the NDP candidate. So, yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. So when did you get involved with the job side of politics? The job side of politics? Yeah. Um, because I'm assuming you went to university, college. Uh, I did, but in a kind of backwards way. So okay. I actually finished university while I was working in the legislature. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, okay, so you get so you get a job at the legislature. Yeah, got Do a job. Do you mind me asking with with what party? So I was uh, or I sp- with MLA. No, no. So I started with government, the BC Liberal Government Caucus. Okay. Working in opposition, or sorry, in research. Oh wow. As a research assistant, so like literally the lowest person on the totem pole. Which year was this? This was in 20, 2007. So this was Campbell. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Good. You have good. <laughs> you have some good political facts. Oh, university, politics. Yeah. Yeah. Like, politics to me is just, like, I love elections, right? Like, everyone talks about Super Bowls and NASCAR. I'm oh, like, elections, elections are our Super Bowls. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm <laughs> exactly. totally... Exactly. That's why I think we're going to have a great conversation yeah. today. So, can't... 2007. 2007. So, 2004, 5, he gets elected the first time? Mm-hmm. It's a major majority. Yeah. Two seats. Blowout. Yes. It was incredible. Yes. Yeah. So, you're now in the epicenter of BC politics. Yeah. How do you feel? Oh, I can still remember walking into the... Well, I remember the day that I went for my interview. Um, and then I remember going in for the first time and I just... Well, I mean, any... I think it's common to any legislature has that kind of like musty kind of library special old building smell. Yeah. So I remember that. And then I just remember... And I also... Every day I walked into the legislature, I tried to make it like special because um, as anyone who works in politics knows when you work into that building you are not guaranteed to walk out with a job any day right any day <laughs> yeah um, so I always tried to treat it as something special and during your time there, I'm assuming, did you stay as a researcher? No, time? I, you know, my days in a res- as a res- research assistant were fulfilling. Okay, um, And long and intense because I started um, during a session. Okay. Um, uh, no, I became a research officer. Oh, so you moved up. I got promoted. Po- okay, wow. Yeah, I got promoted. So you weren't a low man. No, just- I got promoted. Um, and then I don't, I think it was 2009, maybe, when I got promoted to the position of executive assistant. So you move from being, so the, the analogy that I make is... Um, I went from playing from the farm team to the NHL, right? You get called up to the, to the majors, so yep. the big leagues, whatever, whatever sport and it is. And getting that call is the weirdest call in your life, I'm Well, assuming. like, everyone wants it, yeah. which I can imagine, like, I'm not, I've never been played on, like, a, a big sports team or anything, but I can imagine, like, if you're playing for the farm team of whoever, like, you're 
you just always want to be right. You always want to be in the NHL. Exactly right. You so, always want the best. For yeah, and when you get a black, well, not anymore, but you would get a BlackBerry, and you know your social status goes up, and you, you walk get to, into rooms and all the researchers look at you. Well, you you know you you do get to interact with different people, and um, it it gives you get to travel. Um, it's a it's a different it's a different kind of environment. So yeah. Anyone who doesn't get excited, say they weren't excited about going from from the caucus side to the government side is not telling so the truth. So, executive assistant for? So, the first minister I worked for was Linda Reed. Okay. Um, and she was, at the time, the minister of state for child care. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so, this, your very first minister is a woman. This, yeah. This is... Huge yeah. for what you're potentially going to do in your future here. Oh, yeah. Getting more women in yeah, politics. Yeah, And she was definitely, um, so she was involved with an organization. I think she still is. Um, it's called, oh, what is it? It has, um, I'm failing my memory right now, but it has a really terrible name for what it does. Oh, okay. Can we... Uh, we'll, I, we'll, we'll add it in later. Okay, how's yeah, that? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> we don't do edits on the podcast. Oh, we you just, don't? We do not do edits. Oh. Everything's full blast. Okay. Yeah, I guess know. I should have told you that before. <laughs> no, that's fine. Yeah. Oh, uh, we had one person open a beer while I, oh. while we were recording. So. I don't think we can do that at the library, can we? <laughs> we Maybe. can try, but we might get yeah. kicked out. Um, so... You get involved. Yeah. You're now executive assistant for a uh, cabinet minister yeah. in uh, BC. Mm-hmm. This is huge. Yeah. You, you, you're now, A, you're, you're, your standing is feeling a lot better. Yeah. Your job prospects are a lot well, better. Well, and um, my I was living in a house, so I shared a house with three guys. Um, two other, two of the other, two of the three also worked in the legislature. And one at the time was doing his uh, master's and working for an architecture firm. So, like, the culture of, like, I literally lived, breathed, slept politics. politics because, like, we would all, like, it would come home with us, and that's what we talk about. And for someone who didn't have that fostered as a child, yeah. this must have been just, like, love for you. Well, yeah, it was definitely, I finally felt, I mean... You knew you felt like you had your a place yeah, in the world. Yeah, yeah, and that's I think being like the awkward kid for like most of my life who felt like out of place or weird, and I still feel like feel like that. But well, um, everyone does. Right? Yeah. <laughs> it's um, one of those bad. <laughs> but it's like one of those special places where if you have a love of politics, like you, like you find your people. Yeah. So, and I didn't know this until you told me, yeah. but. Uh, you leave politics abruptly in BC. Kind of. Yeah. So, so can you talk about that a bit? So the backstory to that is, um, and I've actually been trying to pinpoint it, but that, so in the... So were you there for Clark's years? I was as well. Just the beginning of it, right? Yeah, like the early part, because I left in 2012. Okay. In, so the in 2012, um, prior to 2012, actually, my dad was diagnosed with a really rare... Um, terminal cancer, um, the mortality rate, like no one lives beyond five years. So that year of 2012, um, it was just like kind of a, a big time. Like, and I, we didn't know when exactly he would pass away, but in the lead up to that, so, um, Allie and I started dating kind of, well, is my husband. Husband now, okay. Yeah. Um, so we met, uh, and so I was living in Victoria. He was in Fort McMurray. 
And then um, fast forward to the summer, my dad is getting, it's clear that he's probably, you know, the end is near. So, um, so I'm basically left the island in like July, August and went to uh, Maple Ridge where he lived and while well, he was in hospice. Anyways, he passed, he passed away. Three days later, I moved to Alberta. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it was just, I don't know... It was, a sense of a need to Well, I change. mean, we had already planned that that would be, like, I had already... It you was had just etched in, it was just... Yeah, it was just the timing ended up being crazy. Um, so, yeah, my dad died, and then three days later... You're in Alberta. We were driving. So you're in sort of the epicenter of politics. Maple Ridge might not be. Yeah, it depends in, if you're from in, Maple Ridge. For those in Alberta. It is actually a very interesting political place. Oh, it is. Yeah. I've uh, researched their town council meetings from time to time. Yeah. And, they're, and it's, it's because a... Because they're just outside. They're like past... They're it's like, a bedroom community of like Vancouver. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and they... It's a it's a swing seat, so it goes back provincially between federal... From the BC Liberals to the NDP. Yeah. So. Might be green. You never know. It Those three seats might double to six one day. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> but yeah. So you move here to Alberta. Yeah. You to Fort McMurray. Fort McMurray. Mm-hmm. So yet again, it's not really the hub of political activity. They have their council, but yeah. it's oil sand country. So mm-hmm. uh, it's. A change of pace for you, I'm assuming. Oh, 100. percent So, yeah. how did you? What do so you do? So, I, I had lined. I had. I came. I went with a job. Okay. Um. So you know, like in between my dad being in hospice, I was interviewing. Wow. Yeah. Um. For jobs. Uh, and I got a job working with um, an organization that develops leadership capacity in the community because they not they were hyper aware that with a high turnover in the workforce that there was always a leadership gap because people were coming with these skills getting involved and then they were leaving which is exactly what ended up happening to us so less than a year after i arrived my husband was transferred to calgary so oh wow yeah so you, so you moved to calgary we moved this to calgary in 2000 2013 2013 mm-hmm. you get on this nonprofit board just to speed up the process yeah here. yeah now this is like 2017 during this time are yeah. you Active in you mean politics. you don't want to go day by day through my Let's entire do it. life? January first, okay. two thousand thirteen. Yes. <laughs> but during this time, during that, during your Alberta years, right? Your, your first five year tenure yeah. during Alberta, yeah. politics involved? No. Well, it's, are you no. just like I'm, I'm? I'm trying to focus on my job and um, yeah. Else. So there was some of that, and then also, um, so I was commonly approached um, about getting involved in the PC party at the time, and. Um, I was, my answer was always like, thank you. That's very interesting. But they're not fiscally conservative enough for me. Wow. That then for, for Alberta, PCs are the government. Yeah. They, they are the government. Yeah. They, you don't, you don't get a choice in Alberta yeah. until now. Yeah. But, okay, so you don't get involved. No, you because down, they're be not fiscally conservative uh, enough. So you moved down to Calgary. Moved to Calgary. Still took a break um, from politics until 2015. Okay. When um, I reached out to someone I used to work with in the legislature who was um, 
working on the federal liberal campaign and said, you know, if I was to get involved on, you know, in a campaign in Alberta, you know, on a, a liberal campaign, which names would you give me? And one of the names he gave me was Matt Grant, who actually was Calgary Confederation. Calgary Confederation. So um, I emailed Matt's office, I think it was, and they were like, oh, you can you can come have coffee with him. So I had coffee with Matt, and within seconds, I was like, you're my, I'm sold. So just to sidestep the question now, because we'll get back to here for a second, because you just said the PCs weren't fiscally, fiscally conservative enough, so how can I get involved with a federal liberal campaign? Federal liberal campaign that openly says we're going to run deficits. Yeah. <laughs> that just the, seems very... Well, and I mean, that's part of the, the, the BC thing for me is that... I'm, I'm, you know, socially liberal and fiscally conservative. And can people can say that's a load of crap and you can't be that, but you actually can. Yeah. I will argue that forever. Um, I think that's why we agreed that last election was kind of hard to vote for. Yes. So, so, um, so on the social side, the liberals are more, that's my comfort zone. On the fiscal side... The federal conservatives are my comfort zone. Yeah, I'm the exact same way. And I think it paid, you know, I, because um, I don't think anyone knew going into the 2015 election federally that it would turn out the way that it did with, you know, the tip line and the outright racist policies that were coming out of the conservatives. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, you know, that wasn't... That wasn't uncomfortable for me, finding my home. And to be honest, um, Matt, if you've ever met him, um, I would follow him anywhere. Wow. So if he was to say, you know, in 15 years, I'm running as a federal conservative, I would say I would be there in a second. And he he almost won that election. He did. It was razor like thin. 2,000 votes or yeah, something like that? Yeah. It was really close. So. And we're still friends. Wow. Well, like, we're awesome. still really good friends. So 2015, the election happens. Mm-hmm. What happens after that? Because you you don't Matt doesn't, doesn't get, doesn't get elected. Matt doesn't get elected, uh, but the federal liberals do. Um, but I'm not. I'm a. I realized then that I was. I'm a. Well, and I knew that going into when I met with Matt. So I won't work for just. I won't volunteer for just anyone now. Yeah. I have to meet them. I have to, and it's not necessarily which party they belong to. It's the person. Yes, because you're voting for the person. As much as people think you're voting for the yeah. party, you're voting for that person. Yeah. So um, if anything, working in politics, politics has made me. It's people say politics is local, but it's like hyper local for me as an individual because, um, you know, people and I can't write big checks, but, um, I can give some of my time. Time I believe is in politics is infinitely more valuable than money. Yes. Um, because the, you can go and buy a million signs, but unless there's someone behind the sign, right. Knocking on the doors, that's what get votes. Yeah. Well, and look what happened in 2015 provincially, right? Yeah. We had people on signs who no one knew and they got elected. Yes. And don't get me wrong, some of them were nice people. Yeah. I've met a lot of them. Well, my husband <laughs> was one of them and he wasn't he didn't know he was gonna win till like after the debate that year. But sometimes you put a name on a ballot just because you want to run a full slate. Yeah, yeah. And like you said. And that's an every party thing. That's not oh one God, party. Yeah. Because even the conservatives will say, we're not going to win some downtown Toronto seats. Well, and who wants to run in that seat? Yeah. Right? You so, really have to work hard to so find those people. Half the times it's either a staffer. Yeah. Who is, okay, we're going to put you here and there's no chance you're going to win, but we're going to do it. Yeah, do your duty. Yes. Yeah. And then you'll get a job afterwards, but we won't say that. Yes. <laughs> I didn't say that I left. 
So you leave there. Mm-hmm. During these elections, all these elections, are you getting... And let's just make this even more interesting. Let's because do it. I like this. Because this is how... I actually, so while I was working on volunteering on Matt Grant's campaign, I was a member of the Federal Conservative Party. Oh, wow. Okay. And then it lapsed. Wow. Yeah. So, like, you can't really can't put me in a box. Nor should you. Yes. Because that's the thing. I think people... There's diehard supporters of every political party out there. No matter what the party does, they will support them 110%. Yeah, I'm not that person. I think the majority of Canadians are not that person. Well, and I don't think it's... I mean, I... Because if that's the case, Alberta would still be liberal from 1905. I can't... I think it's really hard. With the way that things change nowadays, like politically, even... It's just, I think... I mean, I guess you're fortunate in some ways if you can say you always have know what your political home is, right? Yeah. But I think for the most part, and it could be like the millennial-ish me kind of that thinks that, you know, just like I'll have a million different jobs, you know, my politics change as well. Yeah. Um, so I don't want to have one political home forever. Which is good for you, right? Because yeah. you, in some sense, if more people were like you, we'd have more f- free thinkers and not just just doing whatever they think they should be doing. Yeah. Well, because and the I'm also then one of those wily voters that they're trying to capture, right? Yes. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. As a woman, especially. Yeah. And a mother. They'll take more time to talk to you than Potentially. the person who already puts the sign up the first day. Yeah. Right? Still waiting for that universal child care, but sure. Uh, we all and pharmacare now yeah. too. <laughs> so, during these elections, during these this time that you're getting involved, during your time back in BC, mm-hmm. when does it dawn upon you that we need more women in politics? Oh, like really early on. Like and even that, back to grade five? No, 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 no. Um, it goes back to working. I think it really kind of dawned on me when I started working in the legislature and started working for that first minister. Um, because Linda um, was involved with that organization in Vancouver um, that was working to address this issue of engaging more women in politics. So that was in 2008. Um, so she kind of highlighted that for me by her involvement. And I was like, oh, um, and I actually went, that's when I went to my first campaign school was then in 2008 on a weekend. Um, and, but being working in the legislature, I mean, I lived in a house with three guys, two of whom worked in the legislature with me. Like it would not be uncommon to be the only female staffer or to be one of two. Right. So, um, you just, you just quickly notice it whenever you walk into a room. Um, and like staffers are the worst because you'll like hang out at the back of the room standing you know arms crossed like very nonchalant yes texting on your black texting looking really important take your one photo post it on twitter yeah exactly um you know whispering to somebody else anyway yeah um but yeah you're just there aren't many women in the room so we talked about the nonprofit that you brought the idea of the yeah. first shirt there. Yeah. Um, 
was it a statement that you were trying to make yes. or was it more of a, you know what, let's start a quote unquote revolution and get more women no, involved? It was, it was a statement. It was meant to be a conversation piece. It was meant to draw attention to the fact that, and actually the original design had the Senate first in the the first iteration that I made, had the Senate at the top. Um, House of Commons then. No, it, yeah, the Senate, House of Commons, Ledge, and then Council at the bottom. And yeah. then when um, I reworked the design, when I started doing the designs for the first Madam Premier collection, I moved, consciously moved Council to the top. Specifically because, well, the organization that I was involved with is municipally targeted. So um, there was kind of, I came with that perspective. And then also because I think that people underestimate the level of importance or the work that's done at the council level. So by putting it at the top, it was my way of saying this level of government matters a lot. I'm going to ask the question. You don't have to answer if you don't want to. Okay. Was it a man who told you no? To the first time you brought the idea of a fund. No, it was a count. It was a, a, a group of women. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah. No, I just wanted to know because no. it, it, it would, to me, it would make sense if it was a man. He said no. That no, it was say. an all-female board. Okay, so you venture out with your business partner yep. at the time, and you're going to start with a new business. Yes. How do you come up with the name? Is it because you're saying city council is most important? You think you'd be Madam Mayor or... So the first name that I pitched um, was actually Madam Minister. I still own the domain. Okay. Um, And then I was... Uh, .com and .ca, by the way. Uh, I know. And then I don't know what... And then I was like, why wouldn't she have... Why wouldn't she be the head honcho? Why wouldn't she be the premier? Or sorry, the like the prime minister. Um, or the premier. Sorry, the premier. Um, so yeah, I gave her... A, a, she got a job upgrade. She got a job upgrade. So now I, have, I, now I proudly own... MadamMinister.com, MadamMinister.ca, MadamPremier.ca, and MadamMinister.com. So, wow. Yeah. So Got a lock. I was going to say, you, yeah. if you want to expand, you are good. Yeah. So the process is, must be challenging, though, because uh, do you have any background in fashion before this happens? No, I just love fashion. Okay. Yeah. So take me through the process. Take me through the process. So you've got your name now. Yeah. You've got your shirt design. Well, the one. The one. The one. So, what's the first step that you and your business partner do? Oh, the first step? Is finding someone to, to make these, or um, do you make them yourself? So, I... And these are shirts, I should be saying. Yeah, they're shirts. So, I actually, um, I did some karma yoga volunteering Okay. at a, at a hot yoga studio in Calgary. Um, and to help the, the owner with some communications work. Okay. And he um, wanted to bring in merchandise to sell in the yoga studio. So the woman that he contacted to do that, I kept her email. Okay. So she was the woman that I, the person that I reached out to when this started. And then we went and met her at a supplier here in Calgary. And, um, and that was how, that was the inn. That was your end. Yeah. So it's locally sourced. Yep. Well, not the, so the companies are, yes. Companies are. The companies are are local. Like they have offices here. So 
when does the, okay, we're getting ready to launch happen. Right. We're getting ready to announce this because A, you have to build buzz. Yeah. So Which ha- we didn't really do. Okay. Um, so I, from the beginning did all of, I did the community, the, all of the communications. So I think I, like I had like the Instagram, Twitter, um, and Facebook, but then it wasn't, and I started to tease it a little bit on social media, I, like maybe a week before. But I really think the key to our success initially was that everyone in the photo shoots from then until this day are people in politics. Um, so then the day that we did the photo shoot, um, there were, they were like, oh, can we, Calgary, yeah, the, the library, library. Yeah. they were like, you know, can we share this on social media? And it was like, yes, of course. Why not? Free publicity. Yeah. So it just kind of went from there. So like, was there initial buy-in from those uh, women? And there was a, uh, one man, if I'm not mistaken, um, so he might've done the second shoot at the bridge. Mm, no. So there were men in the, the there was, um, there were, so one of the models, Maggie Farrington, who's um, a total dynamo, um, who was, lives in Fort McMurray, that's where I met her. Um, she was in Calgary or coming to Calgary that weekend, so it just worked out perfectly. So her son, Ezra, is in the photos. And then Marcy, my former business partner's husband, is in the photo shoot, as well as one of their sons. Wow. Yeah. So. For the politicians, for the candidates who have uh, been defeated, was there buy-in from them? Did you have to pitch them in a way that you said, you know what, we, we're starting a Well, we definitely want. got no's that first email, okay. that first photo shoot, um, because... Uh, you were just this new... Well, and as I said, I'm very confident that I asked uh, your husband, husband <laughs> yeah. to be a model, but by Twitter, because I couldn't... He, I couldn't use, like, I didn't have an email address for him. Yeah. Um, so we either got some people uh, didn't respond to my random tweet from a strange person asking them if they wanted to be a model for something they'd never heard of before, yeah. which is understandable. And then some other people just said no. Um, but then the people who said yes were in it. Oh, wow. Yeah. So when you launch, mm-hmm. it becomes this, like, storm. Yeah, it was crazy. Like, I remember, like... One day I'm just hearing all about Madam Premier. I'm like, oh, Rachel Notley's must be doing something. And they're like, no, it's a clothing line. Yeah. It's this. I'm like, what? And then you look into it and it's yeah. awesome. Thanks. How does that feel for you? I still, to be honest, I think I'm still processing it. Because this is right before the federal, 2019 federal, federal election. Federal election, yeah. So it was planned. We planned to launch right before the federal and election. And that? timing right so I mean it was an opportunity to to launch at a time when people were talking about politics and openly thinking about it you know engaged in it no and I, the only reason I ask that is because with Madam Premier you think yeah. Alberta you think you would launch provincially at the provincial no it's just the timing timing yeah it's timing it's just timing and since your launch I see your clothing line across this country. Yes. Every province and territory. How does that make you feel? It's insane. Like, something you've done has been worn by the premier, the now premier of Northwest Territories. Yes. The, the former leader of the official opposition, Ronna Ambrose. Yes. These are huge names. Yeah. A girl from Vancouver, or Victoria, is now... Making her name across this country. I guess. I don't really think it would. You don't think so? No, no, no. It's not me. 
Why not? Why isn't it you though? It's not me because they're not wearing me. That's not. It's not me. I'm. I. It's a part of you. It is, but it's it has it's it has like it's a small part because it's the way that people and it's only like that's the thing that makes me emotional about it about the project. I remember the first time, well, I was, I distinctly remember where I was when we got the photos back from the first photo shoot. So I was at Telespark with my husband and our two sons. And I remember sitting down at like one of the kids tables in the, in the toddler area and looking at the pictures and like started to cry because it's like, and I, I, I said this, it's when I was looking at the people on the photos, it made me think that this is what the future of politics should be and needs to be. Um, like diverse, full of women, like from all parts of the country. It finally, like it, it was like representation was like just in my face. Um, and then the first time that someone tweeted, they, uh, she and her partner used, um, they, they each had sweaters, and then they bought a baby onesie to announce their pregnancy. I wow. cried that morning too. Wow. Yeah. So what's the ultimate goal? I, I mean, I used like to jokingly you, say it was like world domination <laughs> of, you know, of the political clothing business. But no, I don't. To be honest, I someone asked me this question as well yesterday. I think the answer is evolving. Um, so uh, for me, it means taking a greater role in like kind of the advocacy area. So next in the next week and a bit, I'm going to be launching the first charitable capsule collection. Um, that I've started. So it's a, I'm going to be working with three, possibly four charities this year. So I've approached them and pitched them with um, doing a, a, like kind of a capsule collection of Madame Premier t-shirts. So the first one is with the organization Stepping Stone. Wow. So uh, the collection is called UAF, like um, U as in Y-O-U-A-F. And uh, they're... Which... I'm assuming you'll tell me what the yes. name stands for here because yeah. I'm thinking something and no, it's actually genius and it came from Stepping Stone. They came up with the idea, which is a play on two existing designs, feminist AF and political AF. But you, the UF collection, UAF collection is three T-shirts that is designed to educate people on the easiest way to be an ally to the LGBTQ community, which is to use your pronouns. So there's going to be three T-shirts: one that says he, him, AF; one that says she, her, AF and one that says they, them, AF. Oh, wow. So they, 100% of the pro, net proceeds are going to Stepping Stone. So however many t-shirts are sold, um, I'm not, like, my time, none of that. It's just recouping the basic costs of um, the t-shirts and the printing. Um, Any, everything goes to them. All proceeds go to them. All proceeds. And that's going to be the first of three, three that are confirmed, possibly four. Oh, wow. Yeah. And, um... And they'll be completely different. So they're limited edition. Um, and uh, do you see it going cross country or um, just in Calgary? Because, no, I can see it becoming because, larger. Because Madame Premier, you have yeah. an online store on yeah. your website. Will this be? So the last organization, I actually just emailed the fourth organization yesterday, which is a national organization, and pitched them the, the concept as well. Um, and I. I haven't, it's only been less than 24 hours, so I haven't okay. heard back yet, but, um, but yeah, I would love to partner with larger organizations as well. Do you see your design, your clothing line, 
as a way that has uh, as an idea that has started a conversation across Canada as well. I hope so. But I mean, at the same time, I know it's it's happening because um, there was a woman who tweeted this week. Uh, I think she lives in Kelowna and she said that she was wearing her sweater at the grocery store and a woman randomly that she didn't know came up to her and was like, yes, you're right. And it was the woman's place. Wow. Yeah. So like that, that has an incredible meaning. I think not only to the person wearing it, but to me hearing about it as the person who, who, you know, who made it or designed it. Um, but also, I don't know, there has to be like a ripple effect, right? Because then that person... Um, you know, another person that contacted me this week was a man from BC um, who said that his wife had been at an event with um, the BC Liberal for uh, Prince George, BC Liberal MLA for Prince George, Shirley Bond, who had been wearing her T-shirt at an event for Women's Day. His wife saw the T-shirt and loved it. So he bought one for her, and I'm thinking he got one for himself, too. Well, I was going to say, because uh, you might think from the name it's only female line. Yeah, no. But it's, it's not. It's unisex. Yeah. Yeah. And was that a conscious decision? Yes. Yes. Why? Because it's inclusive, and it's 2020. <laughs> Sounds like Justin Trudeau there. Right? Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm going to ask an overarching question. Okay. And it's along the lines of getting more women involved in politics. Okay. Why do you think more women don't? Uh, well, I think that answer changes for every woman. Okay. Depending on what it is. Um, you know, uh, the, I think the most common things that you hear from, like, women are, you know, money, networking, confidence, um lack of uh, like network so just that kind of organization pit piece um, maybe not having what they consider to be like the prerequisite so like and also like just the how do I do it kind of bit yeah we see strong women who have checked off all those boxes and say yes I'm confident yes I have the money yes I have the backing who run and then they either get defeated mm-hmm. or they drop out. Mm-hmm. Take case in point, uh, down in the South, we have Elizabeth Warren. Yeah. She was strong. She mm-hmm. was doing well. Uh, Considered a front runner the whole time. And then she dropped out because she wasn't getting the backing because Bernie was the more progressive of the two. Yeah, they she, were splitting the votes. Yes. Then we, uh, up here, we now have a leadership race. The conservatives are going through a leadership race. Mm-hmm. The top two front runners are men. Yeah. Well, does anyone else know any of the other names? You and I do. <laughs> but for the most, like the common. Exactly. Like, I think the the most prominent name that might come into play is Marilyn Gladue. Yes. So, but people wanted Rona Ambrose to run. Yeah. People wanted Michelle Rempel to run. Yeah. And they would have been frontrunners on day one. Mm-hmm. But they didn't. What I'm basically asking is... Do you see politics as more of a man's sport than a woman? Um, oh, I think, well, I mean, traditionally, it's been an, I mean, legitimate, like, legally. No, but legally, women have been, women were intentionally kept out of the space. We weren't even considered persons. We didn't have the right to vote. So it wasn't created with us in mind. We were meant to be at home in the kitchen, tending to our children, 
um, you know, and it was our husband's place to be talking about politics because we just weren't smart enough or capable enough or whatever it was, right? And it wasn't just women. It, they, the, the people in power at the time did that to all kinds of different populations in different ways, just by being outright racist or by being sexist and misogynist. Um, so they, you know, those structures weren't, weren't built for us at the time. So, um, and still to this day, there are a lot of people who think that women don't belong in politics. Do so, you think that will change? Um, because not on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> don't even get me started. I know that's where I reached out to you, but yeah. I think Twitter's been the downfall well, of no, our society. Well, no, people don't, you don't, you're not converting people on Twitter. No. You're preaching to the, to the, your base, yeah. right? So, um, you know, for any of the people making nasty comments on the Madam Premier Instagram page, I hate to break it to you, but I've restricted you if you're listening. So you think that your comments... Do you actually get nasty comments? Oh, yeah. What? Yeah. Why? Uh, like, because you... a woman's place is not in politics. Is that what they're actually saying? Do you want me to get out my... I'll... Read one. Let's, let's take this fun trip. Let's take the fun trip of uh, Madam Premier No, Instagram. so these, if these people are listening, these yeah. lovely trolls... Um, your comments are restricted, so you think that they're being seen, but they're not. So, have fun with that. This is this is not awesome, but this is uh, let's see eye-opening for myself because I wouldn't have imagined that that's fine. something that is so uh, oh, what's the word I want to use here? Such an empowering movement would get that bad of a pushback. Let's see. How do I but, see? But then yet again. I've seen the worst of Twitter myself, and it's not the best. <laughs> if I, how do I see all the the restricted comments? Yeah. Oh, here's one. What does it say? See comment. This person said, it's not a point of pride to neglect your responsibilities and gaslight the world by pretending that doing so is actually taking on responsibility. And so it's a picture of a woman wearing the woman's places in sweater uh, in Ottawa. That's one. Let's find. So he's basically saying, or her, I'm not sure. Here's another one. Women haven't qualified to lead, been qualified to lead. Let's see. So, I mean, there's not many of them. Like, but there's still, not all that many. How do you not just get furious at them and scream and want because to Because they're irrelevant in terms of... Um, what you're doing? Well, no, because if anything, it's like it makes you... You know what you're, you're, you're working against. Yeah. It's very common. And in the world that we live in today, in the world of Trump... Um, people are more and more comfortable in saying things that they maybe thought or kept inside their heads before, but now they feel entitled to just spew whatever nonsense it is. And it is nonsense because it's hateful. It's sexist. It is, it's, it's just not right. Have you, what's the percentage of negative to Positive. Oh, it's 90. Like, I'm going to say 90, 98% positive. Okay. Yeah, yeah. No, so, they are the, by far the minority in uh, terms of the comments that are made. Well, that's good. Yeah. Before we started this conversation, we talked about the uh, next photo shoot you're going to be doing. Yes. Is there a potential new line of clothing that we're going to see? So the new collection is um, uh, going to happen this month. 
And then I don't know exactly what date yet it's going to launch on, um, but it's eight new designs. Um, Primarily uh, one new tote bag. So I actually shared a sneak peek of three of the designs this week on Twitter. So one is a Ruth Bader Ginsburg quote that a woman belongs in all the places decisions are being made. Um, one is says uh, a girl's place is in science, technology, engineering, arts, and mathematics. Definitely. And there's going to be a woman's for uh, the same version, but for women. Uh, and then the third one I shared was. Um, for it's uh, four hands, but using sign language to spell out vote. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, that's nice. Um, so, so those are just three. So there's. And then there'll be more. There'll to come. be a Five few more. more to come. Yeah. While we were talking, and you were listing off the names of the models that you'll be getting, which I won't spoil it unless no. you want to, you're talking about elected officials yeah. from across the spectrum. from And from, like, different parts of Alberta. And from different levels of government. Yes. Are you finding more of a buy-in now? When yes. You, when you send those tweets out, hey, would you like to be a model? And Yeah, and yes, no one responded. <laughs> um, yes. So definitely, the so I put a call out on Instagram and Facebook this time, on oh, Twitter, actually, um, for people to, if they were interested, and got the most response, more responses than I ever anticipated. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, who's your big get? Who's your, who's your Moby Dick? Like, ever? Yeah. Who would you want? As a model? Yeah. So this time, I emailed Kim Campbell. That's what I was going to say. Um, her, someone from her office responded right away and said that she's out of the country. Yeah, that was just, like, a wish, right? But still. Um, but, uh, you know, Christy Clark would be a big one. Uh, Rachel Notley, obviously, would be incredible. Um... But Alison Redford, any woman. It's not any woman in that, that, those elected yeah. positions. Yeah, yeah. When you see women from across Canada wearing your stuff, we and talked men. To, and men, yeah, and the pride you're getting that from seeing the movement that you're, you've created. Do you think this is my thing? This is where I want to be because uh, it, it goes into my next question. Okay. If there was ever the ability to merge the worlds of fashion and politics into one unique being, this would be it. Because if you, um, like, I, in my last office in the legislature, so I would usually, I would walk to work yep. because my apartment wasn't very far, but I would, like, walk to work in, like, civilian clothes of, like, jeans and, like, sneakers and a t-shirt or whatever. And then when I got to the office, I would change. So I'd put on, like, my suit or, you know, whatever it was. Um, so I kept all of my work clothes at the office, including, like, accessories and, like, nylon, like, pantyhose. Wow. Yeah. Um, so, like, one woman in my last office would come sometimes when I was away and she would, like, wear <laughs> things from my closet. Wow. Which, but, like... And sometimes I would change outfits in the middle of the day. And actually, I have to say, so, like, partisan politics has its place. But there was one staffer 
when I worked in politics in the BC who in BC who worked for the NDP and like um, there wasn't like a lot of like you wouldn't really talk. You wouldn't be having lunch with them every day. Well, so but we would always kind of like you know we eventually worked up to like smiling at each other and like and then the wave from time to time. Right, and then and because I always liked what she was wearing. And I remember we were at a reception for like a, the wine industry, um, and it was one where both caucuses were invited to. And this is pre-Green Party days, so it was only the two parties. So, um, so two the, elections ago. Yeah, <laughs> and so we were all kind of in this room, and it was like MLIs and staff. And anyways, we talked to each other, and we were like, "Oh, I really like your style. I really like what you wear," you know. And but then we also at this event, like during our conversation, had said. You know, you, she said to me, you're probably going to go come into work tomorrow and everyone's going to be like, why were you talking to me? Funny enough, it was actually her, her, the NDP. Her colleagues. It was her colleagues, her NDP colleagues who came back to her the next day and said, why were you talking to her? Oh my God. Well, and that's the part of, like you said, partisan politics is so divisive. And mm. I'm assuming that was 2010? Yeah, around there. Yeah, it wasn't as divisive as as it is now. Um. Well, I mean, in BC, it's different. Is it? Well, no, no. I don't. I I don't know what it would because it's a different time now because they're working. I mean, the the BC Liberals won the election. Yeah. Right. Okay. But because of the circumstances, they didn't. Yeah. So I can say that from my time in politics. Yeah. Um, we didn't. We 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 were friendly with them with the PCs. Yeah. But we weren't overly like, hey, let's go to grab drinks. And I don't think there's, why does it have to be like that? Oh, and I agree completely, right? right? Like, because if you got seen talking to the I know, NDP, it's like, oh, well, why? Why are you talking to them? Are you but isn't to that just a form of segregation that we're imposing on ourselves as Thank people you. in politics? Yes. That's like saying you can't talk to someone else because they don't belong to the same party as you. How are you supposed to find out what you have in common if you can't even talk to one another? Well, and it's not even that you can't even, like, what are you supposed to find in common? It's, we're all humans. Let's but just that's the commonality of it. Talk, right? But the talking and then also there are, like, I, I'm a firm believer that even if you were to put around this table one person from each party, it would be very easy to determine what you have, like, what you find to be different, right? Which policies you don't agree on. But then if we go beyond that and we start talking about things that uh, we share. So, you know, um, is there someone in your life that is really special to you? Everyone would say yes. Yes. Right? You know, is there something that you love spending your time doing? Everyone would say yes. Is there something that gives your life meaning? Hopefully they say yes, right? So those kinds of things, those those are deeper than politics and we all have those in common they may be different but we can all agree on them that there's some those those things that are so special in life that go beyond policy and that's what connects us do you think we are heading down a path that we won't be able to recover from when it comes to i worry about that i worry that we are heading down a road that will where we will just stop talking that scares me. And how do we change that? In um, your opinion, how do we start now? Because, 10 because years we have from now, to we have to talk to people who we think who we may we have disagree with, or yeah, or we have a, a bias against, or you know, an unconscious bias of. Um, so just you know, uh, when I go to when I go out to eat with my husband, it's very common. Um, 
that will we'll almost, unless we have our children with us, people will always ask us if we want two bills. Even though, you know, we're a couple sitting at a table, you know, we've both got wedding bands on, but because we don't look the same, the assumption is that we probably aren't together because we have different colored skin. Yes, I can completely agree with that. And I felt that prejudice a few times. I've been sitting beside him on a plane and I've had a flight attendant ask me, would your friend like something to drink? Well, he's not my friend. He's my husband. Yeah. And why do you think that he's just my friend? On the flip side, though, you can't assume, mm. right? Yeah. Because if we're, my husband and I were sitting beside each other, but, they're going to assume that we're probably just friends or might be completely different. But why? But would you would you want to be embarrassed or would you want to? Aren't you going to be embarrassed either way? Yes and no. Yeah. Because I'd rather be corrected than shot down. Right. If I said, hey, is this your friend or is this your partner? Or is this yeah. Because the, the biggest thing that we get is, hey, is your whatever he is there with you today? They won't say either husband, partner. Who, who's sig- saying that, though? Oh, my former bosses, the older generation. right? So they're just uncomfortable. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Which is completely understandable. But they those people know that you're married. Some of them did, but so. okay, yeah. So. But but I think that's like goes back to like the talking to people, and then like when you start talking to someone, and then you realize that maybe what you thought you didn't understand, or you didn't know, or maybe seems scary to you because it's different, is actually not very at all. It's just people. You said you had kids. Yes. Uh, no, two sons. Two sons. Uh. One just turned one on Friday, or sorry, yeah, Friday, and one is two and a half. Okay, so they, they don't know what mom and dad do. Like, no. Okay, <laughs> that's because... Well, he, the, our oldest says, like, um, daddy, he knows that the bu- big buildings downtown are where daddy works. Okay. Yeah. Are your kids your models as well from time to time? No, they aren't. No? No. Se- separating family and business. We actually have... Um, we have a rule, a family rule about keeping them off social media. Good for you. So, but that's not every family's no, thing. Exactly. So. Now, back to my second part of my question that I asked a few minutes ago. Okay. Which about, you're going to have to refresh which my Which was, what, like, what, what's your ultimate goal? Oh. Which was fashion or politics. And I think I said advocacy, a greater role in yes. advocacy. And then you also said if there was a way that we can combine uh, clothing and politics yeah. together, I'd be a happy camper. Yeah. So... With, I'm assuming you get this question all the time, and you, I'm assuming you know where the question's going. We'll see. A woman's place is in the council chambers? Yeah. The legislature? The House I'm of not Commons? Running. No. 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 Why I figured out your question. <laughs> I was going to say, I didn't even, I didn't even no. ask it. Why not? No. Um, For someone who is interested in so much politics, you think the natural progression would be to run? Yeah, no. Why I not? Don't, I don't have any plans on that, ever. No interest. It's not that I'm... Okay, there's... I would be lying if I said there wasn't a piece of me that was interested. But having worked in politics, I know that it's grueling, it's demanding. The world that we live in today of social media, you're just... It's a... Which I don't have a problem with. Like, you can call me whatever you want. Yeah. Um, I'd prefer you do it to my face, not behind my back. Thank you. Um, Because chances are you're probably not going to say it. Um, But it's just... I would, I don't love the spotlight. It makes me uncomfortable. 
So ironic for someone who's launched a massive yeah. campaign. So I don't like. I, it's just yeah. Not for you. No. And then also like, um, I know that I'm. I have. I have. I have my own flaws, right? So I can be challenging to work with. I can be demanding. I can be strong-willed. I can be, you know. Okay, I, you say all that. Yeah. And I've heard that uh, from a lot of women who say I don't get into politics for because I'm people will think I'm strong-willed. Yeah, I'm demanding. I'm, well, no, I'll just be called a bitch. Exactly. Yeah. Where a man, it would be. Oh, you're a, you're very. That's leadership. Your leadership. Yeah. Your leadership material. Come yeah. on. Yeah. Double-edged, right? Yeah. Like. Do you think... It's just not... You know what? Beyond it, it's just not for me. It's not a job that I I would like. I want to be the person who supports others in that role. I would rather be the staffer than the minister. Understandable. So... Everyone has their niche, right? Everyone wants to know where their spot in history is going to be, and you sound like you know exactly... Like, I told Matt Grant, um, I said, I would would be your Katie Telford. Wow. But I don't want to be Justin Trudeau. Okay. I want him to be. If he, but I don't think that's what he wants. But do you know what I mean? In that situation. I think he's done with politics. I think bro. he's done with politics too. <laughs> but I don't. I've never. That's not something I've ever aspired to be. What do you think about the state of politics today? Uh, well, I think we've kind of already touched on it. I know, it's kind but of despairing. Do, do you think? Do you, do, you, do you see a day where we will have a majority of women? In the House of Commons. Maybe. I mean, eventually. In my lifetime, I hope. But it's not just women. It's it's diversity, right? It's so is just, that what the campaign's about, really, at the end of the day? Um, well, I think that, that, that... Sorry, not the campaign, the business. The business... Yeah, I want every level of government to look like the people that put it into power. And you don't think that's happening right now? No. Because it's still overwhelmingly white and still overwhelmingly male. Even in BC? Um, well, I mean, it depends on where you are, right? I was right? going to say, I'm just trying to think of, like, like I, I haven't paid attention to this legislative sitting for Victoria. Yeah. Well, I mean, both of the leaders of the NBC, at least. So, John Horgan and Andrew Wilkinson. And then, um, and I don't remember the name of the interim green, but I believe it's also a man. Uh, who, because Andrew Weaver stepped. Yeah, I know that. I, was, I thought it was. Is sitting as an independent now. Yeah. What? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. He's sitting as an independent. Oh, I miss that. I know. There's some kind of, like, there must be some juicy story there that I don't know about. We need to dig into it. Yeah, we should go to BC. Let's do it. Let's do live from BC. Let's done. (laughs) No, I want to do pop-up shops in um, Vancouver and Victoria this year. Okay. So, yeah. Expand across Canada or just start with Victoria and Vancouver? Victoria and Vancouver. Well, it's my home province. Um, But then also I'd love to do Regina, Saskatoon, Edmonton has been a popular ask. Um, So it's just about finding the right places to do that. Looking back on the last few years of your life, would you have changed anything with Madam Premier? Oh, with Madam Premier? No. What about your life? Oh, yes. I mean, it's been... I've definitely had a hard time since moving to Alberta. I've struggled with living in Calgary. I've struggled with the adjustment of, you know, leaving a profession that I really love to work in ones that, you know, maybe 
weren't just the environments for me, you know, dealing at the same time coinciding with, you know, a global economic crisis, the downturn in the economy in Alberta and oil and gas. Now we're in a, um, you know, a new reality with the coronavirus, another, you know, huge slump in the markets affecting the oil and gas sector, potential layoffs, uncertainty. Um, But like throughout that, I strongly believe that um, the best lessons I've learned in my life have come from the hardest times, right? So, um, and, and that's not just something that's like, like from my dad passing away from cancer to moving to Alberta to, you know, having ups and downs and, you know, professionally and personally, it's always those, the, it's always those moments that give me the most understanding of, you know, where I'm going and what I'm doing and what I don't want to do in the future. Yeah. So my last question, I'll let you pitch it right now. Okay. How can people find out more about Madam Premier? So they can go, to, oh, well, thank <laughs> there you. There you go. Thank you. It's not like in a presidential uh, Democrat, in the Democratic debates where they're like mid-answer and they're like, you can go to Amy Klobuchar. Pete for America and donate as much as you want. Right. Um... Uh, he was my candidate, by the way. Was he? Yeah, I Pete Buttigieg. Would, you said Amy Klobuchar. I thought that would have been your candidate. No, I was a Pete supporter. I was a Pete fan, too. And then uh, once I saw He's a bad, polyglot. He speaks, like, eight languages. I know. And they're also dog people. Um, and we have a dog. So I feel like we're kindred spirits that way. Uh, you know what? Through Madam Premier, I have met a woman who worked at McKinsey who may have worked on a project with Pete Buttigieg. Wow. But Kevin she doesn't Bacon remember right she doesn't remember coming like meeting him, but I was like, I feel like I'm closer. I, <laughs> I could be like, hey, wanna I feel like we're closer. Um he also like plays the piano. anyways, I could just I'm, he's just I'm now we have two. I, I'm very hopeful that guys. we see a role for him in the future. And if if Biden if Biden is, if the Democratic nominee wins in the election, which I know we're getting past your the last no. question, but if they win, I think he'll have a spot for. I hope so. I think it has to be a team of rivals, right? Well, they're stronger together. Yeah, Klobuchar will be in it. Elizabeth yeah. Warren will be in it. I if, really hope so. Exactly. Oh, good. Powerful place, like those are just. I and mean, the Republicans will say, "Let's impeach." Well, I mean, how 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 awesome of a problem is that to have when you have so many qualified candidates? Exactly. Like, that, and I mean, we're not even American, and I want Pete Buttigieg to be, you know, a secretary or an ambassador. Well, somewhere. he can move to Canada any day. Ambassador of Canada. There you go. Oh yeah. He can come to my house. I will give him a t-shirt. There you go. We'll be like BFFs. I would love that. I will do that any day. But anyway, um, back but to it the was like, But it was like any one of them, I would have been happy. Yeah. With the exception of Tulsi Gabbard. Which she has a path to victory, she says. Yeah, with the Russians. <laughs> Don't know what that path to victory is. If Joe Biden and Bernie Sanders, like, fall over one day, that's the only way. Yeah. But... But anyway, how do people get in more information? So on they that? can go to madampremier.com or, or .ca, <laughs> both. Okay. Um, or they can follow uh, Madam Premier on social media. So at Madam Premier on Instagram and Twitter, or um, Facebook is Madam Premier is already taken, so it's Madam Premier Shop. Yeah. Okay. Um. 
So for my international listeners, because for some reason right. we have a very large following in Australia. And Excellent. I, <laughs> Madame Premier has never sold anything to Australia. So do you ship internationally? Yes. There you go. Uh, so I've had some orders from the States, uh, a couple to the UK. Okay. Um, I think that's it. Is there a potential of expanding? Drum roll. So uh, no date yet, but... Somewhere in the lead up to the presidential election, there will be a U.S. collection. I will look forward to that. Yeah. I will be buying one. So, I'm already, I have a list in my phone, and that's where I keep all of my, when I hear something or think of something, it's where I put my design ideas. Awesome. Sarah, thank you very much for this. Thanks for having me. I was delighted that you asked. Hey, no, like I said, it was Ricardo who said you should get her because she's actually an interesting person. So. Yeah, thank you. Hey. Thank you, Ricardo. I, I've learned a lot today, so oh. I, I will be texting you and be like, oh my god, did you watch that yeah, like, please. super primary? please. <laughs> Let's do it. Yeah. Thanks. And once again, thank you to our guests for coming in and sitting down today. It was greatly appreciated. As I've said in the introduction, this podcast is about having a conversation. I learned a lot in this interview, and I really hope you did too. This podcast couldn't have happened without our listeners. From here in Alberta to across Canada and around the world, I want to take this moment and thank everyone for listening to this podcast. If you haven't already, be sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. The links are in the show notes. Or visit our website at www.crossborderinterviews.ca. We will be back here next Saturday with another great episode of the Cross Border Interview Podcast. This podcast is produced and owned by Miranda Brown and Associates. I'm your host, Christopher Brown. Once again, have a safe and hopefully talkative week. Mm -hmm.